There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. And with me today, I have two special guests, Adam and Josh Biggleson. Adam and Josh are experts in terrain theory, and I'm going to give it over to them to let them tell us all about what that is. But thanks, guys, for being here. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Good too. To see. Well, we're right in the middle of the pandemic. Everyone's asking about the coronavirus, and it seems like no one saw it coming, but obviously there's been these things coming up till now, And but it's really... Uh, created this sort of sense of dread and doom. And we see our leaders are promoting this idea of self-isolation and social distancing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to see just what, what do you guys think about what the government's doing in the case of the coronavirus? Does it make sense? From your perspective? It's a good question. In general, we always try not to think about what the government is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, For us, we understand that uh, people are really being controlled by fear right now. So if we look at really what's going on, it's really, you look at the numbers, there's really not a whole lot going on as far as in terms of a flu, the flu is just as dangerous as what's going on right now. So for us being raised and with, you know, not believing that germs cause disease, this is not a pandemic. This is nothing to fear for us. Yeah. Um, as we talk further, um, you know, we don't, I've always said we don't heal by sitting in a chair. So when we stagnate, it, it, affects, it affects us internally. It affects our body, and that's not the way we heal. So now that people are being quarantined, stuck in a little area, right. now the body is becoming more susceptible to external influences. Yeah, you got it. So I'm not so sure that quarantine is, is the answer. Um, we also don't believe this is infectious. So if it's not infectious, then quarantine doesn't make any sense to us in general. Right. 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 Okay. So there are two theories. One is germ theory promoted by Pasteur and the pasturation of all these things to get rid of the germs. And when and, and prior to that was terrain theory mm-hmm. um, that was actually more widely accepted at the time than germ theory. But germ theory was brought forth in hospitals, and as the doctors and nurses washed their hands, they found that fewer patients were getting these infections. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, that makes sense. The doctors and nurses weren't getting these infections, but the patients were because mm-hmm. the patients had inadequate terrains. Yep. Their terrains yes. weren't, weren't clear. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about what terrain theory is? Okay. And terrain theory for us is, like you said, there was Pasteur. His rival was Antoine Béchamp. Antoine Béchamp came up with the idea of the terrain theory. And for people listening, you can look up Pasteur and there's all kinds of interesting things about him and the type of person he was and how a lot of the things that he claimed haven't been able to be proven, things like that. Um, So Béchamp's idea was very simple. He said it's not the germ, it's the environment the germ lives in. So if you think about just your fish tank, it's simple. Your Your fish live in water, the pH is out of balance in your water, and all of a sudden your fish start getting sick. The water is their terrain, that's their environment. So we're affected by our environment in a big, big way. This is uh, what we get from Einstein, the quantum experience, that we are a product of our environment as much as our environment is a product of us. So right there, terrain, the environment that you live in. This can be your work environment, your relationships, your school experience, just even the, the neighborhood that you're living in things like this. And if you just think simply about environment in general, if you took your dog and you put your dog in a cage, after about two weeks, it would start to be really depressed and not be healthy. Right. 
So this is kind of what's going on with us right now. All right? In order to be healthy, we need to live symbiotically with our terrain. All right? And this is a big thing because nature is symbiotic. A parasite attaches to a host, a host adapts, and now we have symbiosis. A virus is actually a parasite. It's not alive, so it needs to attach to a host. Now, if my environment has food for this parasite, then it can live within me. If my environment doesn't have the food, it cannot live within me. So, simply enough, we would talk about even invasive parasites, like a tapeworm. Josh eats something with a tapeworm, I eat something with a tapeworm. If I'm living on McDonald's and microwave food and smoking my cigarettes, there's going to be a lot of food for that tapeworm within my environment, within my terrain. If Josh is healthy, the parasite will pass straight through his body. Yeah. Okay. Um, and simply enough, too, if you think about um, mosquitoes, everyone's been bitten by mosquitoes, but there's always one person that mosquitoes don't bite that person. Right. Okay. You think about what a mosquito does. A mosquito lands on a swamp, on a pond, not on a river. River is where everything is flowing, but you have stagnation. You have debris that accumulates. You have toxicity. That's where the mosquito goes. So Josh talks about that when he was younger, fishing with dad all the time. I used to, I used to sit, we'd sit right next to each other at the end of the day and I would get mauled by mosquitoes and he wouldn't get touched. Yeah. You know, I was in high school, I wasn't living that great at the time. And yeah, that was the first time he looked at me and he just said, yeah, the mosquito lands on the swamp. So if you look at areas too, where there's actually been real epidemics, like malaria, 3,000 people a day, 3,000 children a day die from malaria. Yeah. Right. You know, but that's only in poor countries with really bad water sources. So nobody seems to really care about that. Right. So you, right. you look at the source, you yeah. know, what they're actually living in. Ebola, you know, wasn't happening in a farm country. You know, it was happening in poor areas where there was a really bad water source going on. Right. So the terrain, Einstein talks about the theory of relativity, where we're a product of our environment and our environment's a product of us. Right. So, so yeah. the environment then would be really where you live mm -hmm. and what you eat and what you think if you're living in fear or if you're going with the flow and happy, healthy Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's a big problem with what's going on right now because it's sad. So many people are in fear, right? And when we're in fear, we're in sympathetic mode. Right. So right. we're in fight or flight. And, you know, that affects our respiration or affects our circulation. We don't heal in fight or flight. Right. So as, as we can start to relax, whether people are doing meditation or martial arts or just not taking this thing so seriously, then they're more in parasympathetic and the body can actually heal at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because people are obviously in fear of this, but people were in fear of not paying the rent or what people thought of them last week or last month, you know? Sure. Absolutely. So it's just this general population living in fear and we see how susceptible it is to it. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Now, do you, now there's hot spots, mm -hmm. um, and the hot spots were Northern Italy, Iran, New York, mm -hmm. Seattle, uh, things like that. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, those have similar uh, climates. They're right. cooler and that sort of thing. And sure. they would say that the virus doesn't live as well in warmer climates. Right. But it could be that, you know, here are New Yorkers and people in Seattle coming out for a long winter. And maybe yeah. they're not active as people living in, you know, Arizona are, for instance. Sure, sure. Um, so it's interesting because, because scientists could point to the climate and saying viruses like cold weather, and right. you can point to the climate and say that these people are maybe not as active as they normally are, not as eating as healthy as they normally do, and maybe depressed sure. for, for the winter blues. Sure. You got it. You got it. And everyone is so different. So that's important to realize also. You know, for me, I'm a really happy person in general. And that, you know, when you do something that brings you joy, that feeling you know, that kind of little buzz you get, we can measure that, you know, and the thing is when your, your vibration, your energy is expansive like that, it's harder for things to, you're not so susceptible. So as you're stuck in your home, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You can be stuck in your home listening to the news all day, or you can be stuck in your home with your reggae music on and cleaning your house and taking advantage of the time. Yeah. Who's going to be more susceptible? Right. Okay. There's an interesting study on rats where they gave them a water bottle and a bottle of water with cocaine. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. so these rats would always take the cocaine and this was their proof that people are just going to be addicted to cocaine. And then they said, well, how about this? Why don't we make it the rat cage really fun and uh-huh. have a lot of <laughs> things to play on and you know things to spin around on? And they found that the rats hardly ever drink the water with the cocaine. They were just water. Right. Yeah. So their terrain was nicer. This also explained in uh, Vietnam, so many GIs in Vietnam were doing heroin. Uh-huh. And when they came back, they weren't because right. it was hell over there. Yeah. That terrain was terrible. And when they were here, it was better. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. You got it. And it's really yeah. that simple. You think about your garden. If there's a, an imbalance in the soil and you have invasive parasites, but if things are good, you have worms in the soil. Parasites, that's a part of what goes on. So for us, we live symbiotically with germs and viruses. It's when things are out of balance in the terrain. Yeah. Well, that's what I think that's what we have to explain a little bit is, you know, we are made up of germs. The germ theory of disease with Pasteur says that germs cause disease. Right. right. He was never actually able to, to, to prove that scientifically. That's why um, it's a theory. Yeah. Right. right. And, and, and basically, even when he was dying, he admitted he was wrong. He said mm. the germ is nothing, the terrain is everything. Mm. Yet we live in a total Pasteurian society at this point in time. Yeah. So um, with, with Beichamp saying that it's, it's the terrain, what happens is we've got these little particles that are in our, in our body called symbionts or microzymas, bions, endobions, lots of names for them. And they can change based on our terrain. So what these are is these are pure life. They're in animals, they're in plants, they're in minerals. Anything with life will have these particles in them. Right. So as we start to stagnate, you know, we get a physical block, an emotional block, we start to stagnate, our pHs will change. And as our pH has changed, then these little symbionts, they actually change into bacteria. And what the bacteria is doing, it's there to clean up the swamp. Yeah. So the, we create the bacteria in our body to help us clean. So right. it's like our vacuum cleaner. So immediately, we're not interested in killing bacteria. It's part of who we are, and it's there to help us. Right. And the thing is, if we continue to stagnate, the pH has changed even more, and the bacteria starts to turn into a fungus. So we start to mold. Right. And this is what cancer is. Cancer is the body is actually starting to mold at that mm. point in time. Now, the beauty of Beichamp called this pleomorphism. So the beauty of pleomorphism is that it can be reversed. Right. So as you release the blocks in the body, now the stagnant pond becomes a nice flowing river again. The fungus goes back to a bacteria and then back into a healthy little symbiont. So beautiful symbiosis. We're not interested. Nothing in nature is, is anti. Right? It's all symbiotic. Right. Right. Even when there's poison oak, the, the antidote grows right next to it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, and this is the way we evolve. So Darwin talked about we evolved through survival of the fittest. Right. Where if I'm stronger than you, then I win. So this is what we do. So we have wars on drugs, wars on cancer, wars on terrorism. Mm -hmm. And his predecessor was Lamarck, who we talked about, talks about symbiosis. And that's the way we we truly evolve. So the germs, we're made up of trillions of germs. Yeah. You know, they're not there to harm us. And it's part of life. It's when that body is ready to die, this is what assists it in diet. It's just, yes. It could be a lion or it could be a virus or it could be whatever. But if it's your time to go because you're not you know, thrilled to be here anymore, then yeah. there, these things take over right. and that's the thing. Now, to be afraid of this thing and to wash your hands and to not see your friends yeah. and does it even matter? You know. Like, yeah, right, it right. seems like this stuff prevents it from coming in, which I guess it does. Right. But at the same time, it also makes you more susceptible if you were to come right. in contact with it. Right. They've even yeah. showed, even, doing, even during, let's say, real epidemics, even during the plague, there was people in the same household and only one person would get sick. Right. Well, the Prince's Cruises are only real data. There you go. There you go. 4,500 people, every single person was tested. Yeah. 700 tested positive of that 4,500, not everyone. Of right. those that tested positive, most didn't know they had it because they had no symptoms whatsoever. Sure. Some got sick and 1% of that 700 died. You know, yeah. Not 1% of the whole boat, just 1% right. of that 700. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, of course, that skews older because it's a cruise ship. Absolutely. Right. The, the average age of the people in Italy who died initially was 81.3 years old. <laughs> yes. And that's an older culture. <laughs> Italy has an older population, yeah. And then Germany now has uh, 0.5%, so half of 1%. And that's because they test so much more Mm -hmm. that they were able to say, okay, this person's positive, they have no symptoms, but they're included in the data. 
Right. But still, they didn't test everyone. They've only tested sure. a few hundred thousand a week or whatever it is. Right. Sure. Well, if we look at the numbers, it's a little ridiculous because on, on average, every year for the flu, thirty to 50,000 people die a month worldwide from the flu. Right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 60 million people die worldwide from something, you know. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And those flu statistics, too, are generally not counted because there's always an underlying condition and they say that heart failure was or diabetes yeah. was or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People, you know, I was in the grocery store the other day because we're allowed to go to the grocery store here. Um, and the lady in front of me, you know, she had the mask on, the gloves on, and she looked petrified. Yes. And coming from our upbringing, it was like my first thought was like, well, she doesn't get it. But immediately turned to I felt really sad for her. Yeah. I mean, this lady was in such fear, and, you know, we have no fear. You know, we're not worried well, about this in any way, shape, or form. So. And the bottom line really is, it's, you know, what are we trusting as far as what we're seeing, news, what we're reading? Um, I have a friend in Spain. She just watched a video with Putin, and she's reading the subtitles, but she knows a little Russian. And what he's saying has nothing to do with the subtitles. What, what I've noticed is that they're pulling out the cases of the younger people who are dying. Mm-hmm. I've always said this is that the American public is not that good at math. <laughs> so you take one person right. and, and highlight them and say that yeah. this person is 30 years old, they were healthy and they died. Yeah. Well, there's 330 million people here. And of the yep. people who have it, it's, yeah. it's, it's this outlier that will, we don't know what their terrain was. We don't know how. Sure. We saw know. that last week, 35 year old man dies of coronavirus. What they didn't tell people was he had leukemia. Right, exactly. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the numbers in well, the numbers in Italy, there were only two out of all that had died that had no other pre-existing conditions, and they were both in their eighties. So, as well. so yeah, for us right. who know we're not afraid of germs, who know basic math, then this is very obvious what's going on that it's intentional. So, but seeing the lady in fear made it made our job even more important. Where we have to teach people how the body actually works. Yeah, you know whether people believe the virus is a problem or not, you take care of yourself. You're going to be impervious to it. Uh, Rudolf Steiner said that a virus is just the body eliminating waste from its cells. That's all a virus was. Yeah. And then he came in and talked about the vaccinations, and he said that then they created the vaccination to actually um, – uh, the vaccinations were there to suppress people's spirituality, mm. which is a really interesting concept. You know? So you know, I'd be curious to know how they're actually treating the people in the hospitals now. Well, it is seems like they don't have any treatments, so all they're doing is giving them ventilators and cold medicines, things like right. that. Right. We'd heard about antivirals in Italy, you sure. know, so now yeah. you're, you're killing something that's there trying to help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, the bottom line really is, what is important here is understanding that there is nothing more important than your health. Yes. Which, which we can look back two months ago and mm-hmm. say to, to people would ask that question, what's the most important thing? They're going to say my career, my job, what I'm yes. doing, that sort yes. of thing. Right. And so they'll forego the health to yeah. put in those 80 hours a week or to do this thing sure. that they don't like doing. Sure, um, sure. And, well, then, now we- and then in that health, though, has to be stress. Mm-hmm. So stress is really the, the above all thing. And all stress yeah. is self-induced. Yeah. There yeah. is no real stress. Everyone's making it up. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. when you're stressed you want to comfort yourself mm-hmm. generally by eating something that is oh, tasty. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. love food. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, we all deal with it in different ways. Yeah. Um, or but drink yeah. or smoke or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. the stress though, you know, when Josh talks about your terrain and pH, um, people think diet has got the biggest effect on pH. But okay, good. Not, I want to talk about pH. Yeah. yeah, it's not true actually. Dad worked with a guy, a doctor, and he would put a pH meter in someone's arm and he would say to them, the results of the test don't look very good and their pH would spike. Mm. Okay. He would say things are fine. The pH would go down. Stress has a lot to do with pH and pH has a lot to do with our health. And I think what people don't understand is our diet control is only two to 5% of our pH. Mm -hmm. Right. So little to nothing, basically it's our kidneys and our lungs that control our pH. Right. That's so interesting. Um, So, my wife, when I was married at the time, she was super healthy and really, she, I mean, her, she owned a health food restaurant and she was into all this stuff. And we would do these things, get togethers with people and do these pH tests. We had them in our house. And I mind what right. pH was always great. And I 
ate and drank whatever I wanted, and she couldn't figure out how hers was terrible <laughs> because she was always in stress about yes. stuff, yeah. you know? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's, you know, Dad would always say, more important than what you put into your mouth is the attitude and what you put into your mouth with. Uh, if it makes you happy to eat the piece of cake, eat the piece of cake. Don't yeah. eat the whole cake. Right. Yeah. Everything in moderation. We, we talk about diet for about 30 seconds. Yes, okay. Good. Eat organic if you can. Uh-huh. Know the source of your food. Yeah. Um, if you can't pronounce what's on the label, it's probably not good for you. Right. You know, nothing really good comes from a can. Yeah. Um, but really, everything in moderation. And what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. So right. don't let somebody tell you what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating. What about potassium? I, have you heard the story that there's a was a study in China and they found that um, of those people who died, everyone was potassium deficient? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the, the, question, the question would be why? Yeah. Because even with us, we see in the alternative world, everybody's trying to fix things with a supplement. Right. Yeah. And supplements are not going to take care of a chronic condition. If you're not processing potassium, why aren't you processing the potassium? Right. Right. So that's just like a symptom. And the underlying is could be lifestyle or your thoughts or yeah like you got to you got to figure out why so it. it's been interesting that Adam and I have actually been living in Spain for the last almost year and a half mm-hmm. um, we actually came back about a week before this all went down so we kind of got lucky because it's really heavily controlled there right yeah. now yeah but, but we were working with a lot of farmers who do it's called re- regenerative agriculture and they talk a little bit about how organic farmers they're not really doing anything for the actual soil itself that's sustainable they're creating a healthy crop, but if they leave that land, they're not leaving a lasting impression. So what the regenerative people are doing is they're actually regenerating the land. So then the food grows better, but if they ever leave the land, then it's, it keeps regenerating from there. Ah. So Spain, just like the United States, is, you know, everybody's using Roundup and glyphosate, you know, basically yeah. po- you know, salting the earth. And my friend's got this beautiful farm, and he's surrounded by glyphosate. Everybody around him is using glyphosate, uphill from him on both sides, on one side, you know. And so it was, it was so stupid because we asked him, well, how come your terrain is so good? You know, it's, you've got poison drifting down onto your property. He said his soil is so strong that it's impervious to the poison. The poison uh-huh. can't affect it, right. which is the same way we talk about the blood. It's like, yes. well, duh. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and for people right now that are concerned, which you should be concerned, you know, it's really a wake up call as far as being accountable for our health. Right. And, you know, our approach has been very different because we do the terrain theory experience and the blocks in your body, the stagnation can be structural, physical issues. They can be energetic issues or emotional issues. Right. So there's a lot you can really do. What Josh and I do is we educate and empower people so they can learn to take charge of their own health care. And right now, people are afraid, they're isolated, this is not good for your health. What people need to do is take a few minutes and do a little exercise, get some joy, you've got time to clean that house, meditate, read a book, call a friend, you know, something to get some joy and get out of this head focusing on the horrible experience that's happening in this world right now. On the other side of that, I'll bet you, like, there's a lot of people who are relieved to be not having to go to work or not having to <laughs> worry about anything, their old life. Now they can focus on this one thing. Sure. And it's sort of like a spring break for all of us, you know. So In I'll bet you there's a, pop, there's a percentage of the population that feels like I do. I, yeah. I'm having a good time with this, you yeah. know. It's, yeah. it's just a yeah. change from my normal routine. And we're sure. doing yeah. puzzles and we're having people right. over, you know. We have yeah. my, our friends are, quarant- you know, self-quarantined. Right. And... We're self quarantined, so we get together. You know, sure. not that Perfect. we have. We've never had any fear of this. You know, yeah. I always said, if it's going to come, I want to be the first person that recovers, because nice. hey, at least I'm over it. You know, sure. So all we can do is lead by example. But I don't think that. I mean, if it, okay, so here's a question. <clears throat> I perceive that I'm really go with the flow. Not a lot of fear. My, I'm, I'm literally doing my passion all day long. I love my house. I love my town. I love my girlfriend. I love my friends. I am just having a great time. So I don't think I'm necessarily, you know, in jeopardy, in jeopardy, but if it came, I'm not in fear of it coming. Is there a benefit to it coming and maybe getting sick for a week? Does that, well, realize it's still coming from internal. So we're not being attacked by anything. 
Okay. You know, and then the truth is the corona, most of us have the coronavirus in us at all times. Well, we have other forms, but this is a new form. Absolutely. Well, the the new form, the mutation, we don't believe in a a mutation, basically. That means it accidentally randomly changed into something. Uh So, but but either either way, yeah, it's all going to start internally, you know, but that's what the flu really is, is the seasons are changing. And what's gone on is our environment isn't as healthy as it used to be, and our mucous membranes are ir- more irritated than they used to be. Mm. So when the seasons change, it takes us a little while, a week or two to adapt. Yeah. And that's what, the, that's what the flu is doing to us. So, yeah, it's really cleaning the body. Um, but, yeah, generally, you know, our father really never got sick. He, he yeah. got sick one time, and he said I, he never knew what it was like. In 60 years, he never had a flu. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know, so for the rest of us, yeah, it'll come along and it'll help us clean the train up a little bit. Well, and what it is is, you know, symptoms are your body telling you there's something that needs attention. Yeah, yeah something underlying. Don't fix right. the symptom. Figure out right. what the underlying thing is. You yeah. got it. You got it. And at the same time, with the virus experience, um, as I was reading, you know, we know a lot about a little. And there's a lot we really don't know about. And we know, we know a little bit about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit about a lot. Yeah. We've been taught to be very honest, though, about what we know and what we don't know. Yeah. yeah. And the reality is, it's not us. We look at a drop of blood, and Dad, after 40 years and over 60,000 images, he saw patterns in the blood. Okay. Yeah. So your so, dad is Harvey Biggleson, and yes. he passed away recently. Yeah, yes, last year. just a year ago, actually, this yep. last month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had results with things that no one got results with. Mm. Okay, now people, if they're concerned about the virus, one thing I remember reading is we need to educate ourselves more about viruses. People ask, do we see them in the microscope? We don't look for them in the microscope. We look for blockage that causes stagnation. We remove the blockage, the blood changes. Mm. Okay, uh, viruses, as we look them up more and more and we learn more and more about them, they stimulate change. So it's similar to a symptom in a way. If this is coming up in you, there is something you need to change. I like this idea of stimulate change because that's been the philosophy of this virus in the whole, the whole purpose of this virus coming around now mm-hmm. or this event, whatever it is, is that it's making people change, yes. change the way they're approaching life. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not your Ferrari is not important. Your money right. is not important. Being together with people, and right. taking care of each other, taking care of yourself first is important. Yep. And this is it. When it all comes down, I mean, the way things are going right now, yeah, your Ferrari doesn't make a difference to your health. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing makes a difference, yeah. No, the joy yeah. makes a difference to your health, and the connections with people make a mm-hmm. difference to your health. And I would say also following your passions and interests. Oh, Not yes. putting them on the back burner that you'll get to it one day. Yeah. Right. And doing the thing that you hate doing just to trade time for money is probably not a best approach to health. No, yeah. never been, never good, never been good for health. People yeah. who wake up in the morning, excited to go to work. It's a whole different ball game. Yes. Yeah. And this is the, you're right. It's the perfect time. We're all, we all have to go inside a little bit right now. You know, this is putting things in perspective for us. Yeah. You know, we got more time to sit by ourselves or luckily we'll have to sit with family. Yeah. Which could be interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, that's, I'm more, I have more, um, sympathy empathy for people that right now are not necessarily sick but the guy that works all day who's not used to being with his wife and his child and his dog all day you know or the family of seven that's now stuck in their little place together this is we're really back to basics people you gotta learn to live with yourself and with the people and your thoughts yeah Yeah, exactly and with your thoughts Mm -hmm. um, imagine if this was 1990 and there was no internet Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, exactly. It would be really, really interesting because, yeah, I mean, it's, an, it's a necessary evil these days. Yeah. You know, we've all got our appendage. We've always got our phone here. And I've always worried that we've got a, a generation of people who don't know how to communicate with people. They communicate yeah. through the, their phones. Yeah. But now, actually, what's going on is this communication skill is a good thing. Because we have no choice. It's Absolutely. also and it's yeah. also it's the double edged sword because you know as uh, we do a lot of Facebook marketing. Um, you go on Facebook and there's so many horrible things going on right now. You know, and I, I posted something the other day um, about how many people have recovered. Right. And one of my friends from high school, you know, he he said, "Oh, that's like saying how many people recovered from cancer." And he said, "Posting the deaths keeps it real." But I get where you're coming from, and all I could think is. Really? Uh, <laughs> you don't get where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. So it's important, though, for us to connect. 
you know, yeah. and it, and we're really figuring out what's important. You know, right now, um, I think that people can read a book, you know, and fill themselves with some some new knowledge, get educated. On the internet, you got to be careful what you're absorbing there because what's true and what's not. But there are things that resonate with people that make sense to you. Okay, and it's a great time to really educate yourself. Even the silly things. Watch some cooking videos and enjoy cooking some food. You know, right now I keep thinking uh, I should be. I should have had a garden. We should all have gardens. I got a garden. It's awesome. Do you? Yeah. Great. Nice. I mean, come on. This is still time to provide for ourselves. Yeah. If people took care of themselves half as well as they took care of their garden, they'd be a lot hap- a lot healthier. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Bigelson method. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that? Good question. The Bigelson method is something that our dad developed over the years that he worked um, doing very different things and exploring and experimenting. He was an eye surgeon initially, uh, a Western medical doctor, an MD, a trauma surgeon in Vietnam. And as he got into the world of doing eye surgery, he didn't feel like he was helping people the way he really wanted to help people. So eventually he heard about Edgar Cayce and his medical readings that he used to do. And that made a huge impression on our father. He moved the whole family from Princeton, New Jersey uh, to Scottsdale, Arizona. We traded the Porsche and the Jaguar for a Datsun and a Blazer. And dad really learned how to help people. The Bigelson method is a combination of a few things. The microscope is the tool that we use to learn how the body truly works. And the Bigelson method uses the microscope to identify blocks in the blood, which can be physical, energetic, or emotional. If there's a uh, physical block, it affects you energetically and emotionally. If there's an energetic block, it affects you physically and emotionally, an emotional block. So we see all those things in the blood. Then what we do is we address these things therapeutically by way of the terrain theory. So we're supporting the body. We never did detoxes. We never did cleanses. If you look at a river and the river is flowing and a branch falls on the edge of the river, an eddy forms and debris accumulates. Mm. Same in the body. Debris in the body, it can be scars. Right. It can be physical blocks. Like or a and broken you, leg or something. You got it. Yeah. And the thing is, you can do all the detoxes and cleanses you want, but you need to remove the branch. Mm-hmm. We see the branch in the blood. We help to remove that. The body flows and the body takes care of itself. So the theory is that the body has rivers in it. Is that right? The body's, yes. the body's it's like one consistent flow. It's one consistent energetic flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we do have cerebral spinal fluid that's found throughout our entire nervous system. You know, they say it's just a, a cushion for the brain, but it's actually a nourishment for your brain and it's nourishment for the entire nervous system. So we do have these inner flows, physical flows that are going on Circulation, also. Circulation, yeah. respiration. Yeah. So if we get a block, let's say we've got a, you know, a bikini scar, you know, an abdominal scar, yeah. the energy gets stuck there. Mm. So now the upper, upper half of our body is working independently of the bottom half of our body. Right. We become inflamed. Inflammation is the way we heal. Right. So inflammation is not bad for you, all right? right? Inflammation is the way we heal. But when the inflammation gets trapped, that's when we become inflamed. Mm. So we get a scar and the body's trying to heal it. So it brings in the platelets to, to heal the area. But you can't break through the scar tissue. So the platelets back up and we become more and more and more inflamed. And that's when we start to have problems. So we remove those blocks, let the body flow like it's supposed to, and the body takes care of itself. Yeah. You know, and dad was, you know, he was a surgeon. And then he created the first homeopathic board in the United States. So he's both traditional and alternative, and he was convinced that both sides were kind of missing the point. Yeah. And he says the, the, the nerve, the hubris, he used to love that word, hubris of doctors to think that they heal anything. Yeah. You support the body, the body heals itself. Right. It's well, this simplistic. is, you know, you know Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey was a channel. I'm a channel. I channel Joshua. And this is what Joshua was saying, is that, there, that everything comes from inside. There is nothing yes. outside. Outside is just a mirror to what's happening inside. And we have a friend who's a very, you know, a prestigious oncologist. And she says, when a patient comes in, I tell them, you know, what's happening. And if they're ready to completely drop their old life and embrace a whole new life, those are the people that have a chance. And the chemo gives them four months to make that change. Right. Yeah. Right. right. There you go. And those yeah. people who make the change, they're the ones who recover, and you can see it every time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you if you don't change what led to the sickness in the first place, 
nothing's going to help you at that point in time. Yeah. 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 So, and my dad worked with a lot of cancer in the nineties. He was, he became very well known for his cancer work and he said, it's, it's a mold. And if you look at cheese and if you cut the mold out of the cheese, it's still bad cheese. Right. So you can have spots of mold everywhere. Yeah. So you need to rejuvenate the cheese. And sometimes people are done and they're tired before their body is. Yes. And this is what happens. You know, well, it's really a natural experience that should happen after you're in the ground. Yeah. Right. Right. You know? Well, well the, the, emo the emotion sets up everything. Yes. So the emotion sets up the physical. So even though we see somebody who has a, a, a bad scar that we think was the, was the problem, it's the emotion behind the scar that's the problem. Yeah, the, tr the trauma of the car wreck or of whatever happened. Yeah. Well, what led to it is actually What led to it. Actually, true, yeah. because the car wreck, something led to the car wreck, too. Absolutely. It, it was no coincidence. It happened, it happened for a reason. Exactly. And, so, and that's the key. And when you yeah. treat them physically, then it releases the emotion. Mm. So the, the emotion is trapped in the body. Absolutely. This is what happens. Is the emotion becomes physically locked into your system. Yeah. So we have to physically open up to release the emotion. You can yeah. talk about it your whole life. All it's going to do is bring it to the surface. Right. And what was brilliant about Edgar Casey, what dad got from Edgar Casey, is the thing he recommended more than anything else was osteopathic work. Which is? Body work, body body work, work basically. Yeah. You have to align the car. Right. Mm -hmm. If the car is not aligned, it does not matter what gasoline you put into it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. You keep driving off center. Yeah. So massages and chiropractor and stuff like that? It's, it's interesting because Edgar Casey was really anti-chiropractic. Yeah. Now, back in the day, they were all bone crunchers, basically. Yeah. You know, and the body doesn't want to be forced back into alignment. Mm. So now there's a lot of chiropractors who are doing different things. Uh -huh. um, in the end, sure. we don't care how you align the body. Somebody can whip chicken bones over you as long as it works <laughs> to align the body. Right. But uh, for us, we were raised by traditional osteopaths. Um, there's people who do cranial sacral work. Yeah, cranial sacral. Um, yeah, yeah, but align the body and let the yeah. body take care of itself. And most people have aligned their car once, twice a year, and they've never aligned their body. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Most we fall on our butt. Yeah. yeah, we hit our head. We we get bumped all the time. And you don't you don't fix the structure with a supplement or a pharmaceutical. Okay, so let's go a little deeper here. And with the microscope, microscope, you you see the. Um, what's what's it called again? The the oh, the symbionts and the bions. Yes. Yeah, and and they actually form shapes. Yeah. So we'll see your basics. We'll see your red blood cells, your white blood cells, your platelets, the fibrin, that sort of a thing. But yeah, you'll see these little little dots bouncing around there, and they'll become in different shapes and sizes. Right. So you can see as they start to get bigger, they're starting to morph into something. They're starting to go more bacterial. But. You can actually see a shape, like if you have a liver problem, does it look like a liver? Oh, like the holograms oh, yeah. you're talking Holograms, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. There's so a few that's things called holographic blood diagnosis. Oh, we can't use the word diagnosis. Holographic <laughs> blood imaging. We call it the holographic blood. Educational oh, consultation. Educational <laughs> consultation. Okay. Sorry. So, and, and it's really, yeah. it's, it's not a new theory. Um, <laughs> if you've been to maybe an acupuncturist or an Ayurvedic practitioner, they're going to read your eye. Yeah. Your, your tongue, your ear, your foot. And what they're reading is holographic imprints. Ah. So a hologram is created by energy bounces off a disturbance field, and we get an imprint of that disturbance field. Similar to echolocation, like how a bat or a dolphin would, would sense danger. Yeah. So what our microscope does is it refracts the beam. So it splits the beam so the light doesn't go directly through it, so we can ah. see these holographic images show up as well. So we see the physical as well as the holographic part. So we see these images show up in the blood that will match – anatomy yes it'll, na it'll match you know injuries and things like that um when dad first saw it um he didn't believe what he was seeing right but you know he was seeing broken arms in the blood he was seeing kidneys in the blood and what the what the blood was doing was showing you what the body's concerned about the actual root issue of what was going on and we've got the images that definitely match anatomy book pictures um and harvey worked with the japanese guy that took the photographs of ice uh, Dr. Emoto, yes. Dr. Emoto, right. That was a fascinating yes. book. Yes, and so yes. he would put water in a glass that said, you know, love or, love or fear or war or peace. And yeah. it would have in the, in the love, in the, in the happy emotions, they would all be these beautiful crystals. And sure. in the fear-based ones, they would all be deformed almost. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so they worked together at some point, right? They, what happened was um, Dr. Moto found out about our father's work. 
Uh-huh. What we didn't know is what he did with the water, he tried to do with the blood first. Ah. He really wanted to show people how words are power and how emotions affect us. Yeah. So he did it with the water. When he found out about Dad's work, he was thrilled. There's a great quote on the back of Dad's book that, you know, he says this work is, it's Emoto's wish that this work is shared with the world. Yeah. It really shows how emotions and words affect our health. Yeah. And we can see emotions in the blood. Um, we had a patient, it was funny, Josh was working with a patient and the, the appointment was over when we had our clinic open and uh, they were having a conversation. This was about Obamacare when that came about and the person was so angry and Josh said, wait, let me take a picture of your blood and there's this red angry thing in the blood. So we saw Obamacare in the blood, in her blood at least. Yeah. But you can definitely see these things in the blood. Um, boring blood is what we want to see. Right. Something is out of balance, it creates a, a vibration a frequency that's not supposed to be in the body, and that's where we can start to see visually with our microscope what is going on. But you want boring blood. Structure is important, like I said, energy, emotions, and Emoto's work was great because it was very easy for people to understand, very visual. Yeah. And it's, it's really neat. Uh, Mishiko Hayashi is the director of the Emoto Peace Project. We did a lecture with her. She now travels the world, and before Emoto passed away, he spoke at the United Nations. And what he did, I love this, this gives me chills. <laughs> what he did was he developed 650 million children's books. And it talks about how water has memory and is affected by emotion. And there's experiments they can do, and then they teach kids that they're mostly water. So you have these young children. She'll travel the world to any school that invites her. She brings the books. You can get them online. You can print them up for free. And the kids are learning to be nicer to each other. Yeah. This is our future. And yeah. 650 million was like the 10%. So Emoto's trying, he was trying to, he's still trying to change the world. Yeah. Starting with the kids. And water, you know, water is important. He prayed to the water and did things with the lakes and they showed change. So for people just listening, <sighs> anger, you can feel anger radiating off someone. You yeah. don't have to talk to them, right? You need to get joy because it's going to affect the chemistry of your body. And what's interesting, too, one of his experiments, he did the rice experiment, <laughs> yeah. where he would put love on one jar of rice and hate on another jar of rice. But what most people don't know is there was a third jar also that they ignored. Yeah. And the one that they ignored molded the quickest. So, so at least someone was paying attention to the hate one. Right. Yes. There was so, some negative energy. There was some attention. Yeah. Exactly. And everybody these days, they just want to be heard. Yeah. You know, so acknowledgement. Yeah. Well, what Joshua says is the whole purpose of emotions is to let you know that you're looking at something from a limited perspective, that there's some danger there and there's some fear involved, right? And that's sure. all the reason the, the emotion is there. But we tend to say that thing is wrong. You know, right. that person shouldn't have said that. They should be different than they are. And so yeah. we hold the emotion. Yes. And so then something else will happen, like a physical event, like a traffic ticket or, a, you know, someone yelling at you or something. Sure. And that is to further show you this limiting belief that causes you to see things from a fear-based perspective that, right. that have a need for that negative emotion. Now, yeah. if you didn't have the limiting belief you couldn't feel fear and you wouldn't receive the negative emotion. So right. we can process the thing. But if people ignore the thought, if they ignore the physical event, then it goes into the body because you right. can't ignore the body. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so all these chronic conditions are popping up that you, that if someone has it, I know that person's really in fear mm-hmm. and it, it's yeah. not going to kill them. It's just going to annoy the hell out of them right. so that they can't ignore it, but they still ignore it. And they still go, Trying sure. to get some surgery or some pills right. for right. it. Yeah. 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 Some it's, magic bullet. It's even when we look at the blood, there's nothing bad in the blood. No. It's just they're all messages. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're reading the messages and we're reading what the body is trying to tell us. And we really, we try to practice non judgment as much as possible, you know, especially looking at the blood. People are afraid. And, you know, for us, it's the body communicating with you. Yes. It's that's literally. What it's literally talking to you and we're right. emotional beings. This is what helps us to, to develop and evolve and it helps us to build who we are. It's really important. I think at this point too, you know, we are only human. So we get angry and that's okay. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad, do it for a little bit and then don't dwell on it. Right. At the same time, you know, understanding that everyone's going through the same things, but differently. 
So that non-judgment experience, like Josh saw the woman in the store and he thought, you poor woman, you just don't get it. And then he really felt bad because she was really afraid. Yeah. You know, so it's not about attacking people. It's, we're all in this together. Symbiosis. Whether you're afraid of the virus or whether you think it's all a lie, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, because you could think it's all a, a lie and then be angry about having to be, having to be out yeah. of work and like, be in your house. Yeah. And either way, if you think it's a lie or you're afraid, it's still your health that is the most important thing that you have. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right? You have to go with the flow of what is happening and find the pleasure and joy in that. And it yeah. doesn't matter because you're creating your own reality anyway. Yeah, yep. really. And look at the little things. If you can take a walk, be grateful that you can do it. There's a lot of people that can't leave their houses right now. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about science. science. So there seems to be a religion of science now. Mm-hmm. And that if it's not based in science, then it's not true. Yeah. Science is an interesting one for us. When Josh and I got invited to speak in Spain for our first lecture, um, over 500 people showed up. It was wonderful. We didn't realize there's a revolution kind of going on there. And this was part of it. Now, people there, we were on stage with scientists, with lawyers, with doctors, um, with activists. And science is interesting. Josh and I, at one point, as we had our translator there, uh, they had us at a round table and people were asking questions. And most of the questions were for us, which was really interesting. (laughs) And one of these well-respected Spanish I don't know if he was a scientist or politician. He said, what we need to do is be scientists like the Biggelsons. And I thought, did he just call us scientists? <laughs> but he said the simple fact of the idea of us looking at patterns over and over and over and seeing things that were replicable, repeatable, and noticing those patterns, that is science. Right. Okay, so, and science and religion are interesting because they separated and they kept it this way for a long time. And it's, there's a lot of people I've heard say that science is catching up with religion because um, there's some interesting beliefs that cross over into the science world. Right now, I'm thrilled. As we have went to Spain, we met some scientists. Um, one of uh, the people we've work, we're working with, we're doing some Facebook shows too. So for your listeners, you can check out some of the shows on the Biggleson Academy site. Um, but this woman is a... Uh, she's a PhD in biomedicine and is a master's in biomedical engineering. She's actually right now has a device that's an electroacupuncture type device that was developed by a scientist that developed it for the Russian space station, for the Mir space station. So science, we have some scientists on our team at this point. Yeah. It still comes back to what's replicable, what you can repeat. Science is interesting because there's publishing. And they were fighting about this at the conference. They said, we need to publish. And the guy at the university says, I publish all the time. No one cares. Right. You've got acupuncture. It's been around for thousands of years. There's thousands of papers on it, but still governments don't acknowledge it. Right. So what is science? Is science publishing? Is science experimenting? Is science, where is it funded? And things like that. Well, and what's the agenda behind it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pasteur had an agenda. You know, Bechamp was really had a theory that he was trying to reinforce, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a difference. So you have to look at the source of the actual study itself. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's important for people to understand the theory of where this came from. So that's when we'll talk about Bechamp and Lamarck and Rudolf Steiner and Albert Einstein. Right. Yeah. And dad is, a, dad is a trauma surgeon. This doesn't just happen overnight. And it's 40 years and 60,000 images over that now, you know. So well, in- Yeah, but here's the issue with science. If you want to do a test... Okay, you say, okay, we're going to apply this method to it, and we're going to have 10,000 people in it. Every single one of them is absolutely unique, and you can't control for any of it, but but they say you can. That's where where they're doing stuff in a Petri dish. Right. They're, they're, they're extracting the environment from the Petri dish. Yes, exactly yes. right. That, yeah. 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 And that's what, that's what Anna was saying, is she was saying, okay, here's the thing, viruses... Actually, there's been things that she's researching. There's a lot of great information that's been kind of buried, and it's starting to come out now, um, that nothing is infectious. And I thought, like she said this on the show, she said, viruses are not in, uh, contagious. And I went, whoa, like explain that. Mm-hmm. Well, as a scientist, you work in a laboratory. You have a lab rat, okay? So this lab rat has a, has a disease of sorts. So you take this and you take it from one lab rat and give it to another lab rat. Those lab rats live in the same exact environment. They right. have the same exact terrain. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. dad would say there's no double blind for you. 
Right. There's no double line for you. You're unique. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this is where we encourage people. Like I experiment with myself all the time, not, you know, doing weird things, but the idea of changing my diet a little bit, Yeah. you know, um, changing, even just going to Spain and the, their culture has been around a little longer than the American culture. Their routine for eating is different. Mm-hmm. Small breakfast, huge lunch around uh-huh. two, yeah. uh, then a little bit of a siesta, yay. Uh-huh. And then they're up again and they're working. And yeah. they eat a very small dinner. And yeah. I thought, when in Rome, and I tried it. And things, my energy changed. Uh-huh. You know, the amount, I was working much later into the night. Mm-hmm. And that little rest, the siesta for 20 minutes after a huge meal, awesome. Yeah. It's different. I experimented. So for people at this point, you know, just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for Josh. Exactly. So this is where science is getting interesting. Things are, the world is changing as we know it, you know. 20 years ago, no one talked about the gut biome. No one imagined that there's all these bacteria that are healthy that are helping you digest. And that, and that your health is based on the health of that, that gut biome. Mm-hmm. And that, that gut biome is sending you thoughts. Yeah. Right? Communicating. Yeah. 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 I, I had an interesting experience. I had moved from Florida to North Carolina. And so I was taking lots of trips back to Florida. And so I never eat snacks. I never eat chips. I never eat any of that stuff except when I'm on road trip. Mm-hmm. And so one time I said, I'm not going to have any snacks on this road trip. And I couldn't make it because my thoughts are, you got to have snacks. Well, it's not right. like it's a routine. This happens yeah. once every two months, right. but still those something remembered that I have snacks while I'm on this road trip. Sure. And it's like yeah. this, if I eat ice cream three nights in a, in a row, the fourth night, I right. won't have a, a desire for it until seven thirty. you know, right. <laughs> yeah. like, where is that coming from? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. That's yeah. pretty well, funny. We get stuck in patterns. Yeah. You know, people have for talked sure. about really pay attention to how you wake up in the morning. You always do the same thing. Yeah. You know, you get out on this side of the bed, you go right to brush your teeth, you go right to your coffee cup. We're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's entrainment. Yeah. And then we get stuck in those yeah, patterns. we're working on autopilot, basically. Right? Yeah, and this is this nice thing that's happening now is that we're all out of that autopilot, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, people yeah. are, like, wandering around. One of my friends wrote, wrote on uh, Facebook, I just finished Netflix. And I answered, I just finished the internet. Right. Right. Exactly. But the science, if the science can't rely on double blind theories, then it really has nothing. And this is the agenda behind that, you know, but, but also because as scientists are taught in school from grade zero, grade one, all the way through, it's that this person who's teaching you something knows something. Right. Right. You know, the experts, right? Right. Now let's think about us in fourth grade. Mm -hmm all the crap that we learned there is, is not true anymore, you know, but we right. still have these beliefs that we keep with us. So really, sure. yeah. I think it's all about learning to process beliefs by saying this isn't true or false. It's either limiting or benefit or empowering. Right. Yeah. Sure. And so if it's limiting, we can prove it's false. And if it's empowering, we can pr- prove it's true. Right? right. And then, then there is this thing of, Fear. Fear is either rational, you can die from this thing, like right. a lion is in your living room, or right. irrational, getting up on stage and doing some public speaking, right? You can't die from that, not these right. shirts. Right. So, so if you're thinking about processing your limiting beliefs, processing fear, and realizing the fear is based on that limiting belief, and you have control over that, so opening up your beliefs to yeah. uh, hear stories like this, to talk yes. to people like you. And yeah, not yeah. be so, you know, uh, believe in science yeah. if it's limiting, you know, right. open yeah. up just a little bit. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because the scientists that I've talked to say the more they know, the more they experiment, the more they think they know, the less they, the less they realize, the more they realize, the less they know. Because yes. you, yeah. They kind of go into the rabbit hole. And as you go into the rabbit hole, a lot of times you get farther and farther away from what the truth actually is. Right. You miss, you miss, so you, you get, you miss the forest for the trees. Well, yeah. And si- science is interesting. Like, yeah, we all thought the world was flat at one point. Right. right. And for people just in general to be open, and a lot of us think we're open until something comes along that we don't believe in, and then eh, we're not happy about that. But I've got to tell you, as we've traveled, we've seen so many things that just blew our minds as far as what we believed in. 
You know, simple things. We met people in Spain that are uh, breath Aryans. <laughs> These people are not eating. They're not eating food. Oh, I've heard this. I've heard about this. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're alive. You know, and the little things like the seawater thing, I didn't realize that. And this is actually knowledge that seawater is almost exactly the same properties as blood. They were doing transfusions in World War II when they ran out of blood with seawater. Oh, you're kidding. No. What about the carnivore diet? The so carnivore diet. Yeah. These guys are eating nothing but meat and yeah. they're having all this amazing results from it. Yes. Yeah. You got <laughs> not for me, but for, for them. You yeah. gotta find out what works for you. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's a balance, you know, but dad always says, you know, a deer doesn't eat a balanced meal. <laughs> right? A deer eats what it can eat. You know, yeah. and they graze all day long, basically. But, yeah. you know, different people have different digestive systems. Yeah. And paying yeah. attention to that is important. You know, our mother doesn't eat red meat because it slows her down. Right. That's Absolutely. the reason. And, you know, my, my body, if I don't eat meat, my body says, where's the beef? Yes. Like, that wasn't a meal. That was nothing. Yeah. But the reality is this, it's about a balance and everyone is unique. So listening to yourself. Our dad knew Atkins from the Atkins diet. Yeah. And at that diet, more people lost weight than any other diet. But a lot of people gained weight on that diet. Right. It right. wasn't for them. Their yeah. body is different. Their chemistry is different. Yeah. And being Atkins, you can't talk about that, those people. You have to be this focused proponent right. of this thing you created and oh, yeah. through the results that don't meet up with what you think. The whole world of, of diet and nutrition really frustrates me. Yeah. You've got people out there telling you how you should eat. Well, right. Joshua wrote their fourth book was called The Joshua Diet. Uh -huh. This diet was, first you have to get in alignment, which means you have to feel good. You have yep. to be good with everything. And yep. then you have to be guided to what's good for you. And that could be cheeseburgers or it could be tofu. Yeah. But also you have to test. And so what you would do is between lunch and dinner, right in the middle, you would eat one thing by itself because if you make it a combination, well, that's a thing yeah. yeah. Right. So, right. so for me, it was fruit. So mm -hmm. I would have a, a piece of an apple. I think about how it tasted. Then I think about how it felt five minutes mm -hmm. later. And then you think about an hour later yeah. and I would get a scratchy throat and like I'd get bumps on my wrist. Sure. And then an orange, I had uh, some kind of weird rash on my face or something. So I can't right. eat fruit. Right. And I've, as a kid, I never liked watermelon, never liked melon. And everyone right. thought you're crazy. You know, my parents yeah. like, you have sure. to eat this, it's good for you. Right? <laughs> sure, right. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah, right. yeah. It's not, you yeah. know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you got to figure out what works for you, and that's all there is to it with diet. Well, yeah. what, you're doing, what you're doing with the Joshua diet that way is awesome because you're being conscious. You're being conscious and aware from yeah. a place of alignment, right. and you're not judging, oh, I should not eat this, or I should eat it. You're actually experimenting. Right, right. Yeah. And so many of us are not conscious, period. We go through those motions, you know, and that's just, this is, this, this issue at this point is the pattern interrupt for us. Yeah. It has totally disrupted our lives. Yeah. And we have a chance to really look and be conscious about what's going on, our yeah. environment, what's really affecting us. Our emotions, <laughs> what we're doing for a living, who we're married to, who we're, our yeah. friends are, what we're doing for fun. I had a dream last night. And in this dream, I'm playing golf like I used to play at a nice country club. It was $200. Mm -hmm. And I'm with my friends, and I'm tipping the, car, the beverage guy, and I'm tipping the bad guys and the valet. And they're all looking at me like I have it made, right? right. And they're all wishing for my life. This is my right. dream. And then I go out to dinner with my wife, and we tip the valet there and the waiter. And right. from their perspective, it looks like, We've made it, right? Right, sure. But what are we doing? Playing golf and right. eating out. All we're doing is something to distract us from whatever else it was, you know? Right, yeah. yes. But this yes. was a reward for this successful lifestyle, and it was yeah. really meaningless, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sure. The old Western lifestyle is like we're all bought into this idea that if you can have a nice house car, go to dinner, play golf, right. you've got it made. But you're not That's really right. doing anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what dad talked about. He, he thought he had it made. You know, he was a rich doctor in New York and he was almost suicidal, he said. Yeah. He was overweight. You know, he was eating too much, you know, and it was, he wasn't happy. Yeah. yeah. And this is why we got to change our beliefs about that system, about yes. all these systems. We got to look at even the education system. Yes. You know, yep. now this is allowing a lot of people to experiment with homeschooling or having kids at sure. school. Sure. How about 
um, commuting an hour to work. Mm-hmm. Now all these people are, are working from home and right. doing Zoom. Sure. They don't have to commute anytime, you know. Right. Now, maybe not living in a big city. I live in this little tiny town called Newton. It's fantastic. I know all my neighbors. Yeah. It's, it, I'm, I'm on Main Street, and you can go 10 minutes without a car driving down the road. It's incredible. Nice. And I'm yeah. awesome. 40 minutes from Charlotte, so I can get to yeah, an nice. airport. Yep. And I live in a house that would be $2 million in sure. where I used to live, and here it's 300000 it's right. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal for people listening. You know, it's all relative. Yeah. So, and life is, this is your life. So you can do what you want, except for what they're not allowing you to do right now. <laughs> well, you can um, still do it because what are they going to do? Arrest yeah. you and yeah. put you in prison with a bunch of other people with it? You know, yeah, it's like, that's what I said. it's like, it's like voting. Okay. It's great if everyone votes, but I'm not voting. One vote but, isn't going to matter. Okay. Oh, yeah. Everyone right. else can be self quarantined. I'm not going out and being obvious, but I'm going to sure. like, have some yeah. friends over and not be afraid yeah. and, right. and walk yeah. my dog. and yeah. you know. That's good for your immune system too, by the way, right? Absolutely. And we, we, we can't rely on a politician or anybody else to, to figure out what's best for us. Right. And so, you can't so, be afraid of what people will say. You have to know what's good for you. And sure, right. if you want to wash your hands, great. And if you want to avoid the grocery store and hole up yeah. there, that's fine. Sure. sure. Yeah. Because you have to manage your fear any way you can. Right. But just right. think about it from another level. And, and I really think yeah. meditation is the way we start this practice of introspection yeah. and being aware. Yeah. Being yeah. at peace with yourself is not easy for a lot of people to do. Yeah, yeah well, because most, most people are told they're wrong somewhere yes. along their life by somebody. And then, yeah. and then you're afraid to speak up because somebody's going to tell you. There's always going to be somebody who's not going to agree with you. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, um, a, big, that's a big point right now, too, is as far as – people being so sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh and I, we're from New York, and there's a great thing with people from New York is we can disagree with you and still be your friend. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're such an idiot. I love yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so the thing is, not, not taking things personally. You know, when Josh and I do our lectures and our shows, we're just here to share what we've learned from experience. And if this is resonates with you, great. If not, there's plenty of other things you can go and, you know, go rant and go fight with people. We're not here to fight with people. Yeah, you're not here to change their beliefs. You're here to show them another perspective and allow them yeah. the opportunity to change the beliefs on their own. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not going to push it on anybody. And we yeah. appreciate people. We appreciate anyone that's gone through whatever they've gone to to get to be where they're at. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's just about really appreciating individuals and being understanding. We're yeah. all in this together. That's yeah, right. I've always said that we're all autistic in our own way. <laughs> I've all, always said we're all mentally ill in our own way. It all depends on how you look at it. I might have a compliment. <laughs> uh-huh. That's pretty you know, We all really can focus mm-hmm. on certain things, and, and it's mm-hmm. up to hopefully when we're young for our parents and our teachers to nurture that. You know what's interesting? And I just mm-hmm. I listened to something, read something recently that talked about mental illness uh, – Instances of mental illness went down during times of war. Yeah. Because, yeah. because when we get complacent in a rich society, we're going to look around for things to distract ourselves. Right. And that's when we let our thoughts take over. Yes. And when we're focused yeah. on something that, is in, that we're all in this together, that right. we're working for a higher purpose, yeah. you know, that's when we yeah. start to probably improve our pH. Oh, dad, yeah. dad found that out in Vietnam, where his his unit had a ninety eight percent survival rate. I mean, he was a surgeon, so an incredible survival rate. And when he came back home to the United States, he realized doctors didn't have that same survival rate. Yeah. When he realized, you know, he's doing meatball surgery, the body comes in front of you, you have to work on it and move on. Yeah, he says the more doctors had a chance to use their brain, the worse they became. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. part of it was their education, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, and. But there's so much, so many nuances in all that that add to the yeah. system. And yeah. now we can, maybe with this, we'll help change that system as well. Definitely. I think right. it's the time, you know, it's time for a change. What we've been doing hasn't been working. You know, we know the disconnect between politics and people and things like that. But right now it's time for us to really stick together. Yeah. You know, I mean, your neighbors, your neighbor might be petrified. Your other neighbor might think this is the stupidest thing ever. Um, but knock on a door, you know, keep your distance if they're afraid. <laughs> um, share your toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. And, and the more people, they understand the terrain theory, 
you know, then the next time this, this epidemic of fear comes around, yes. then people aren't going to be as afraid and they won't be able to be controlled by it as much. Right. right. And we're, we are here to help as much as we can. This is why we're, we're sharing with people everywhere and anywhere. This is yeah. why we went to Seattle. That's why we went to Spain. We want to share this knowledge because it needs to be, it needs to be embraced and studied more. Yeah. The average individual can take what we've said to heart right now and start to learn and experience things differently. Yeah. So it really is time for a paradigm shift. Yeah. Okay, people are take care of their health. You need to, this is your, your life. Yeah. You need to be a part of it. You need to eat right and you need to exercise and think good thoughts and help people. And, and, and all we can do is lead by example. You don't push that. Absolutely. You lead by example is all yeah. we can do. Yeah. I just was recall a story I saw last night where 560 or so New York City police officers contracted COVID-19, but hardly any paramedics or firefighters. Interesting. Just think of the terrain of a yeah, street right. cop, you know, sure. yeah. and yeah. what they're thinking, what they're eating, what they're doing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. And we know placebo effect. The mind is a powerful thing. That's already been proven. Okay. So not only is placebo effect a thing, but but the FDA states that the drug has to beat the placebo effect. Totally. And, and 99% <laughs> of drugs cannot beat it. Yeah. And those that can beat it barely yeah. beat it. You know, where it's not even significant. Lipitor, which is the biggest selling dumb drug on the market these days. If you read the fine print, it said it, said it showed improvement in three out of 100 people. While placebos only showed um, improvement in two out of 100 people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, God, so it works a little better than nothing. But it's, it's time, to, time to think and be conscious and really listen to what's going on Don't, here. Yeah. Don't be just blindly following what you read. Do a yeah. little research. Listen to some podcasts. Read a book. Yeah. Please, please, please. With you. Yes, yes. Thanks yes. so much for you guys being here. Tell everyone how they can find you. Sure. Um, you can go to our website, which is thebigelsonmethod.com. If you type up Biggelson, B-I-G-E-L-S-E-N, you'll find us. Yeah. At the Biggelson Method, we've got some great pictures. For those of you that have never heard of us before, we have some amazing images. Um, you can Google our name, and there's some great lectures we've done. Um, through our website, you can become a member of our private association, and we are doing educational consultations. So we send you a slide kit. You stick your finger, put a drop of blood on the kit, get it back to us within 24 hours. We take the pictures. We send you a report. And basically, we're educating you as to what we see in the blood and what we have seen help other people in similar circumstances. Yeah. I so did it. I had a, it, it was awesome. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And, it's and so interesting. Yeah. It's very validating too, yeah. because you think, I think my knee is something related to my shoulder, and we look at your blood, and you were right. Yeah. You know, and the body's totally interconnected. So the reality is, with the drop of blood, we can tell you a lot about what's going on, the blocks you have, and then we can give you some educational guidance as to what you can do about that. And it's educating and empowering you so you can learn to take charge of your health care. Awesome. All right, our website, we answer questions. Uh, most of the emails go to Josh. We're just here to share what we've learned. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Josh and Adam. I really appreciate you being here. This has been yep. an exciting and informative and fun conversation. Oh, and so sure. hopefully we'll have you on again. Maybe when this is over, we can talk more about it. We've all learned more. Sure. sure. But uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. And yeah. say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, goodbye everyone. everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> appreciate it, Gary. <laughs> thank you, Gary. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you would like to support this show, the best thing you can do is subscribe, uh, especially on iTunes. Also, leave your comments and leave your ratings. And that will help us grow this community of people who are interested in law of attraction and the uh, mechanism of physical reality. It'll be cool to spread the word even further. And you can help out by subscribing, leaving your comments, and rating the show. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.